Russia's relentless bombing of Kharkiv in Ukraine is affecting more than just people. A large zoo has seen many of their animals killed. Now, the owner might have to put down the big animals for fear they'll escape and hurt others. Feldman's Echo Park, once a popular destination for families, now its owner says it's been practically destroyed. They've evacuated some of the smaller animals, but what do you do with the lions, tigers, and bears? The zoo worries that if they get out, they would attack local towns. A last-ditched call for help was made yesterday. If they can't get people to help evacuate the bigger animals, they would have to be put down. War is a horror for all the earth. The Apostle Paul says the whole creation has been groaning due to sin. But thanks to Jesus, creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay when Christ returns and makes all things new. Maranatha, welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. Can you believe it? It's Friday, and we're finishing a series today called Journey to the End of the World. On our weekday program... We've been working through the book of Revelation. And on this program, we're going to turn to the final two chapters. But before that, may we not forget the beginning. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, but there is more to come. Today, in these next few minutes, we finish Revelation. I'd like to invite you to call us after the program so we can send you the two CD set by Karen Heimbach and the London Symphony Orchestra. Here's our contact information for your gift to the ministry. I only ask for your generous gift, as this was an expensive undertaking. Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or make your gift online at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And I'll give you the contact information again later. As Karen read from chapter 1, my reminder is what Scripture tells us, 
This is the only book in God's Word that promises you will be blessed by hearing this book. A friend of mine in Vancouver has been leading his church through Revelation for going on a year. I like what David Short says. When we finish, we need to start again. And then again. We need to hear the message so we not forget. Thanks, David, for all your insights, helping your body of believers to understand this final book. We're used to symbols. God uses symbols to expand our hearts and faith, and Revelation is filled with symbols. God himself will be in the new creation. The camera angle changes from Revelation as you reach chapters 21 and 22. It changes from biblical letters and prophecies. It is astonishingly complex, while beautiful and challenging. There are dragons and beasts, angels and demons, fire and plagues, thrones and martyrs, devastation, yet the tree of life. And we come to the very end, in the final two chapters, the camera angle turns away from God who stands before, after, and in the midst of all things. The final book turns at this point from looking at God and looks at us to humans who through history have attempted to mask and domesticate evil. Chapter 21, verse 9, an angel comes to John and says, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shines with the glory of God, and its brilliance is like that of a very precious jewel. There's a few things that I think we should take notice of. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is obviously speaking of Christ Jesus in Scripture. But the Lamb in the New Testament is also used for the church of Jesus Christ. The angel saying, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. This passage at the end of the book is talking about the new Jerusalem, the Jerusalem to come, the place where all God's people from all time will dwell. Even the dimensions are given, and it must be a new creation, for these dimensions could never fit in the current Jerusalem, where I have visited many times, and I hope you have been as well. This new place, where we who are saved will live forever, is with our God, and with His Son, and with the Spirit of the living God. It won't be an afternoon off. Don't think of it like earthly bliss on a two-week vacation to the beach or to the mountains. It is eternity with an ongoing love that we can't even begin to understand with our finite minds. If you think of heaven as the sweet by and by, you're missing the explosive power of what Scripture is trying to describe in chapters 21 and 22 at the end of the book. It's so important to understand, and so that's why Christ Jesus himself is quoted and speaks to us today in the final words with a final invitation to come to him because he's coming soon. These are his words. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Jesus himself says, I am coming soon. And this final book ends with the benediction, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Take it in. Heaven is coming. Christ is returning. Soon. Listen now to Karen Heimbach and the London Symphony Orchestra, Revelation chapters 21 and 22. 
and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and with twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length. That is about 1,400 miles, and as wide and high as it is long. He measured its wall, and it was 144 cubits thick. That is, about 200 feet by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald. The fifth sardonyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, 
of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, "These words are trustworthy and true." The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent His angel to show His servants the things that must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is He who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, "Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and of all who keep the words of this book. Worship God." Then he told me, "Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong." Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right, and let him who is holy continue to be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David.
and the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. May I ask you now, after hearing God's word, what is heaven? What we just heard was God's view of heaven, not ours. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not sitting around with nothing to do watching one of those robots vacuum your carpets. It's not a reincarnation lifting you higher on some social ladder. It's not you losing your individuality since you will still be a person created in the image of God. It's not a utopia of your own choosing. It is the bride of Christ, the church, the Lamb, the same thing as the city of God, and yet the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ, and the city of God are pictures of the very same thing. Heaven is not us floating around in a spiritual body, part of an orchestra all playing harps with ghostly fingers. The resurrection body of the redeemed is physical, not just spiritual. The picture to us here is God's people as well as the place. Heaven and earth will come together forever. When John mentions the bride, he means the city. When he mentions the city, he means the bride. The bride picks up our eternal intimacy and communion with God, and the city picks up the fact that we are a redeemed community, not just washed and cleaned, but we are forgiven, and we reflect the glory of God. That's us in the future, in Christ. There's an avalanche of images, but there's one dominant image from the passage Karen just dramatically read. Did you hear it? It is the image of light, not just in us, but through us and to us. Luminosity, clarity, warmth. We even get a tour of this new eternal city to come, and one could even call it the city of life. The light in the new Jerusalem is the glory of God. The shining display of the love, majesty, holiness, glory of His grace. We will have the glory of God. It's like wearing clothing that is holy and only is given by the Lord. It's not just saying God shines on us. It's radiance in us, and we get to wear it. The word radiance means like the stars shining. The glory is inside us, and we shine with that glory. And just so we don't see this as the church, we have a description that comes regarding God's people in both the Old and New Testaments. The enemies have been defeated, 
and the city is built for the people of God. When God first created the earth, it was described as good, good, and very good. This is better, beautiful. Eternity in Christ is not a tasteless, odorless void that someone writing Hallmark cards was asked to write. It's a city of light. That's why jewels and gold are an attempt to begin to describe what it will be like. You cannot, in this world that we live in today, refine gold and jewels so fine that you can see through them because of their translucence. This is spiritual reality described in human terms. A golden measuring rod is brought out, and we see the dimensions are a perfect cube. What was the other perfectly shaped cube in the Bible. It was the Holy of Holies, where God dwelt and his presence made known. Yet in the new heavens and the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, we will live in the glory of God in the midst of his holiness. If you are suffering or you're under great pressure or you have an inkling of great suffering to come, these final two chapters are of great comfort You are under God's perfectly detailed love and care. He's watching over you. He cares for you. He loves you. In heaven to come, we will see his glory in the face of Jesus, we're told. No more need for an earthly temple. We will live together in this new holy of holies, seeing him as he is with new eyes. No need for sun or moon to shine on us. And that doesn't mean there won't be a sun or moon, but we will no longer need that light to see any longer. The light of God is all we need. There is the river of life flowing from God's throne. The healing of the nations will come to pass. The tree of life in the Garden of Eden will be replaced by a new tree of life. John uses a different word for tree as Revelation draws to a close. It is the same word used for the cross, pointing us to Jesus dying for us on the cross that saves us from our sins. It is the eternal tree of life we are given by Christ's death. The wood of this tree is a forest of trees made from the wood of the cross. The word hallelujah, Hallelujah. appearing only four times in the New Testament and all four times, guess where? In Revelation. If you're a child of God, there's room for you in this coming city of light. And if you don't know Christ, you can meet him and see him in this new city. And there's room for you as well, if only you bow before him and his cross and call on the name of the Lord to be saved. And according to scripture, you will be saved and will surely sing hallelujah for eternity. Just a sample of John Rudder's version of Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus on this Haven Today. Well, I have to say I've been encouraged 
So many people have been reaching out to us over the last couple of weeks saying how grateful they were for the Revelation CD by Karen Heimbuck. We heard the beginning and the end of this production today, and so many are looking forward to listening to the entire album soon. But what about you? I'd like to send you the two CD set of the Revelation, dramatically read by Karen Heimbuck, with an orchestra underneath, recorded at the Abbey Road Studios, the London Symphony Orchestra. I listen to this project, and I begin to think what heaven might be like. Would you get in touch with us right now? We only ask for a gift born out of your generosity. It was an expensive project to make, but I'd like you to get in touch with us today. Make your gift and ask for the revelation. Our number you can call right now is 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836, or come to our website and make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And while you're there, check out the behind-the-scenes video that shows how Karen Heimbach produced this project. And one last thing, we're sending 100% of your gifts to Eastern Europe to feed those in great need. Our partner is Mission Eurasia. It's on the ground handing out bread and sharing the bread of life. Jesus, $50 feeds a family of five for a week. How many families can you support to help in the name of Jesus? Ask about that when you call or read more when you visit haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We all had our dreams growing up, certain things we wanted to be, maybe to do, a life we'd planned for ourselves. Well, the life of an ancient beggar was something no one wanted, and a blind beggar? Few things in the world could have been worse. Homeless, penniless, unable to see. That's how Bartimaeus lived in Jericho. What a terrible existence. That is, until the day Jesus showed up on his way to Jerusalem. This beggar asked the Savior to restore his sight. And how did Christ answer? Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, that's what Christ offers to us, sight to see. Not physical healing, but a new spiritual sight. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.